Welcome to Startup Health Now, the weekly show celebrating the health transformers and change makers reimagining medicine. My name is Stephen Krein. On today's episode, we have Avinash Kodi, the CEO and co-founder of MD Ops. It is the duty of leaders to lead, of the creative to create, of the daring to do. The free world expects leadership of us. Its fate and our fate depends upon our leadership. We are industrious, inventive, restless, with the fires that burn within. Avinash, welcome to Startup Health Now. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited. You know, it, it's been it's been n really nice getting to know you. Uh, but I want everyone else to get to know you. So tell us a little bit about you because you got a great background. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about your company, but I think your background and what you have been doing for the last 15 or 20 years and now what you're doing now obviously go together, but mm. give us a snapshot of who you are. been in this uh, technology industry for around 20 years now, and my primary, you know, I had a background through master's in artificial intelligence, but primarily majority of my focus has been in the workflow automation part of it. and. As I started getting involved in the healthcare, you know, through visits to the local hospital to visit a friend, I started realizing how backward they are compared to other sectors like financials. And I saw a real potential. And I knew at some point the industry is going to catch up. Right. So you'd watch workflow automation workflow transform automation. other industries, but in not, that, yet in not in healthcare. And then in around 2010, I started looking into it, and that's when I slowly started getting involved. And I felt that was one of the key pieces, the automation part of it, the workflow automation. We still have these providers tagging along with paperwork and all that. And, and so here I am after, what, uh, four, five, six years, we're focused heavily in how to automate and simplify a clinician's workflow. Okay, so before we jump into that, what were you doing? You were a developer, you were at CA, tell them, uh, uh -huh. I, okay. I wanna bridge I want to bridge this a little bit, because your background, I think, demonstrates for a lot of people that uh, sometimes you don't need to know anything about healthcare, mm -hmm. um, but it, whether you're a technologist or a clinician mm -hmm. or a student, you simply just need to look and see sometimes what the opportunities are. But you've got a very unique background, so. So, uh, you know, I came to this country uh, uh, through my, you know, student visa, came for my master's, did my, in AI, artificial intelligence, and then I got a when, job with when, it, when everybody wasn't doing artificial <laughs> yeah, intelligence. Exactly, so at that time it was completely out of vogue, and you know, they, I heard people laughing at me, you know, what are you thinking? So, <clears throat> but I got into CA Technologies. I spent around 13, 14 years of my life there, primarily involved in workflow automation solutions. Did you know what that was before you got involved with it? No, I got involved and then I got, uh, you know, that was a product I was supposed to deal with and I got in and, and you know, slowly as you get involved, you see, you know, what the technology can do and sure. evolve. What, to, to, the a, to the average person, what, how would you explain workflow automation? I mean, it sounds pretty self-descriptive, but, yeah. descriptive, but what, what, how do you explain it? It is essentially, it's, it's designed to serve two purposes. One is make, automate a manual task that is, that can, a repeatable manual task. Such as? Such as, uh, <coughs> you want a certain, uh, 
entry to be cleared or some field to be done every time a per certain event occurs. It's a mapped event with no intelligence involved in it. So it's a mechanical thing. So you, you initially in 70s you had a person, look, whenever an event occurred he would put a stamp on a piece of paper. But now the system will go and do it because there is no intelligence involved in that. So that's how it started off, the workflow automation. You know, eliminate the human intervention where it is not necessary gotcha. and leave the human intervention to intelligent actions. And what industries did you do this in before you got involved in healthcare? So primarily it was in financials because financials were, you know, they were highly invested in technology and they were probably in the forefront of, uh, you know, adopting technology. So they were very forefront and that's where I saw how they were adopting it and how they were able to achieve efficiency. So the financial industry was probably one of the big things where it was obvious. So you've seen it transform massive industry. Yeah. You visit your friend in the hospital, you see this is a problem Pro here. Pro okay. Problem here. Okay. And I say, okay, this is, you know, it's crawling, things have to change and I know things will change because it's not sustainable what they're doing. And this was at the initial phases where people were talking about meaningful use and government incentives. They're not even in place, but they were talking about mm -hmm. it. And I knew things were gonna start picking up in then a few years. Do you remember the moment you decided to become an entrepreneur and actually jump in and do this as not just a observation, but actually a business? So you say, right, 90% of the time, the entrepreneurs get pushed in and they don't really step into it willingly. And I think that's what it happened. I pretty much, I worked for a couple of technology companies and said, hey, but one thing I kind of lacked was this independence and the ability to make things happen because you are still at the point of following orders. And I figured, you know, and at some point I felt I was not going anywhere and I, and this was what I, we were talking about, the workflow automation that was always in my mind. And I figured at some point I said, I had to take the bite and it was a leap of faith. I took the bite and here I am. So here, here I am. Tell me what MDOps is because I think it's, it's a fascinating business. Mm -hmm. Simple sounding, but very complex underneath the hood. Right. So the basic notion is the industry is saying that the clinician has to make smarter decisions and at the same time, he has to be able to, but they are giving him an EHR, which is counterintuitive as in it's impacting his efficiency. So we are expecting the physician to compromise on his efficiency, on his revenue, or whichever way you want to look at it, in order to provide better, you know, smarter additions. And they are asking to do the EHRs. And our thinking, our Simple logic is the clinician can only make the most informed and clinical decisions at the point of care if he doesn't, you know, if it is a lot more intuitive. Right now, the HRE has to struggle through a keyboard and, you know, a thousand screens. And it has to be seamless, a lot more seamless. Mm -hmm. And so our idea and what we are trying to achieve is the clinician has to make the best possible decision with the least effort and in the least amount of time. That's essentially what we are getting to. Okay. So that would mean you cannot have an EHR as it is today. 
and you cannot expect him to deal with such a system as it is today. And so you integrate with the EHRs? So we say that the EHRs are here to stay. They're not going to go away. We are just building a technology so they make EHRs transparent, technology transparent. And the physician essentially deals with it just like he's dealing with another human being. He asks a question or a re requests an information, and the system gives it to him. No learning the technology, no training, nothing. Are you leveraging artificial intelligence? Yes, so we essentially, it's a combination of NLP and a combination of and machine learning. Tell everybody learning. what NLP is for those who don't so know. So it's a natural language processing, and I think uh, it's, to a great extent, it is used today in converting speech to text. Mm -hmm. We are taking it to the next level, as in we are essentially not just converting it, we are taking that generated text and trying to understand what the intent of the mm -hmm. physician is and performing the task for him. And it's a very complex thing, and it's essentially about parsing, the te parsing technology, machine learning, and AI built into it. The idea being the machine is, so, is being trained to get smarter and smarter so it can understand uh, a physician better. So, That's the basic idea. So who ends up purchasing? Who are you pitching when you actually are selling <coughs> MD Ops? Is it a hospital? Is it a doctor? Is it an insurance company? So, so we are essentially targeting providers. It would be hospitals and physicians. Uh, uh, the ideal is the more they queued the condition is settings that they operate in, the more valuable uh, this technology would be. So where are you having the biggest impact now? So right now we are having an impact somewhere in the middle, not in the clinician space, but not in the hospital space, in the middle where we are talking about uh, post-acute settings is where we got in because that was the easiest space to get in. Mm -hmm. But now we are getting into the hospital settings is where we are pursuing right now. Do you have uh, examples you're able to share on who, where it's working and who's <coughs> having the most success with it? Uh, so we've got a couple of uh, uh, locations. We've got a big uh, customer density in around Ohio, Cincinnati area. We've got our long-term care settings like a care spring. Mm -hmm. uh, <coughs> we, uh, so that's one of them. And now we are looking at a couple of other hospitals. Obviously, once this contract is signed, we would like to divulge the names. We would love to, but but we have got a few hospitals that we are actively pursuing. Uh, integrated with some EHRs, all? What's the... Yeah. So as of right now, we are purely focused on one EHR because integration in itself is a big thing. Which one? And we are trying to mature. So we are focusing on all scripts, and we have become a, their signed partner. Uh, developer partner and we have just released the first product out and we are now trying to build the customer base and the idea being today all scripts is the first solution first EHR where we will have this uh, virtual assistant technology built into it so that any all scripts physician any using any of the all scripts EHRs they will be able to interact and use the EHR without actually having to deal with the EHR that's the basic notion and the grand scheme, the grand scheme of things, today it is supposed to perform specific tasks for the physician, but we see in another two years it actually performing all the tasks that the clinician does today, and and leaving the clinician to do one basic thing, you know, the judgment call, making the final decision or saying yes or no. So give me an example of what that would be. Just so it would be, uh, you know, a diabetic patient. 
the physician is to, uh, you know first goes and interacts and the physician the, phys the the patient comes in he has an encounter in a hospital even before the physician goes and asks him the system would have analyzed all the data what his blood sugar levels are what his uh, you know oh, what his weight loss is or you know what is his insulin insulin level is it would actually capture all the information and would come up and say this is the data and this is the right course of action for the patient the physician would just look at it and confirm yes or no so would all scripts want to just build this themselves or do they want to have a partner like you to kind of be that last mile so <laughs> you, you know there's always this thing of everyone wants to build it themselves but i think uh, in case of all scripts one of the good things that they are realizing is they cannot be everything yeah. to everybody and i think they've got a good broad framework of you know letting third party you know solution providers to offer an a solution to that would work with their ehr that's one of the good mature uh, framework that all scripts has so we are leveraging it and offering it and you know we feel that you know that success that we achieve with all scripts should drive other ehr vendors to come to us for you know for better traction excellent so the master plan Look the, at 10 years. What does the world look like? The technology is going to be transparent. It means that the f an average man does not have to learn technology. It's going to be in every aspect of his life, but you won't even realize it. I think that's what really it is. And we are focusing on the clinician and like making his work life easier. But I think you talk about patients, you talk about insurance providers, everything. I think the technology is going to be seamlessly built into everything, making all the smart decisions and leaving the final yes or no for a human being to say. You know, that's I think that's really what to. it is. Excellent. All right, I want to shift a little bit over your entrepreneurial background or sure. your view of what you thought entrepreneurship was going to be like before you got into it and now yeah. what you feel like you wish you knew then. So the surprises that I had, I guess, you know, I worked for big companies and uh, and I had a few people working for me taking orders and that's what you really think about when you talk about all these big dreams of Bill Gates. Hey, he's got a big team of people just following, executing his orders. But you don't, you miss that first initial few years of building it where you pretty much you're doing everything. I think that's the hard part, but it's fun, I think. So that's the surprise, but uh, I guess the second part of your question is, you know, what is it that uh, I should have known, I guess? Or wish you knew. Or not wish sh not should have, but wish you. Wish I know. So it's all about outcomes. I think any time any entrepreneur is trying to build something, it starts off with what is the outcomes that outcomes are all they matter for the industry, especially in healthcare where we're talking about patient mm -hmm. population and patient health. And we, when we go back from there, in order for the outcomes to be generated, your solution, irrespective of what kind of technology you have, it has to be such that his, your targeted end user relies on it day in and day out. And in order for that to happen, the technology has to be simple. Simple enough that the person does not have to train for it. That means that the technology has to be this thing. So the way you achieve it, so if you go with that thought process and build your solution, mm -hmm. they will come. That's essentially, I think it's a simple thing. I mean, you just follow that. Uh, I know it's like stating the obvious, but... No, 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 it's... 
It's, uh, you know, people listen to Startup Health now who aren't entrepreneurs yet, want to be entrepreneurs. A lot of them are developers or in, in technology positions that have ideas. And right. I always like to kind of open up the kimono a little mm -hmm. bit and show what it's really like and, and get people to understand, A, you know, need to know everything going in, and B, you know, there's going to be surprises along the way. And right. you just got to have a mindset that is thinking long term and is open to these things. So Yeah, you have to, nothing that you plan is going to happen. You always have to learn and be flexible and adjust to the current situations. So what does your day and week look like right now as an entrepreneur running the company? So pretty much it's, it starts off with the day with the team uh, meeting with the engineering, figuring out where we are with the deliverables. Then it's essentially then the second part of it is talking to the salespeople. Where are we with the potential leads, potential opportunities? And but the rest of the thing is all about championing, going out into marketing, being the spokesperson for your company. I think that's where you you know you're trying whether you are trying to be a spokesperson in front of an investor or a customer. But that's essentially what you're going to be spending most of your time. You're going to be the spokesperson. Are you good at it? I'm getting better at it. <laughs> I don't know if I'm good at it, but you know. Uh, let's see, I'm working through it. What do you consider your unique abilities, the things that you're awesome at, that you love doing, that you think you make the biggest impact in? It's about uh, understanding the customer's situation, challenge, and figuring out what's the best way to solve it, articulating it back to the engineer, probably because I've got a, an engineering background, but articulating it in a way where the engineer will actually deliver what the customer needs. I think that's the, I'm essentially between the customer and the go between uh, between the customer and the engineer. You I love think. that part? Uh, yes, I love that part. Yeah, And that's what I've been doing. I think uh, I started off from C as a product manager and that's what I've been doing. So I gradually refined and getting better at it. So. All right, so, so, so what tools, productivity or otherwise do you rely on in your day-to-day -day life as an entrepreneur? Pretty much 90% of my time relies on my iPhone. I, I used to be relying on my laptop two years back, almost 60 to 70% of the time. But now 90% of my time I'm spending on my iPhone. I don't even open my laptop. Frankly speaking, if my current laptop goes bad, I don't even know if right. I'll go buy a new one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what, what apps do you use? <clears throat> it's a simple calendar. I essentially put my calendar to everyone in my team. They know and they do it. And and I have a simple blackboard that we use, that we create in-house, where I know what are the tasks remaining and what are the ones that have been completed not. It's a simple view. One click, I need to see the view. That's essentially what it is. Nothing, I don't believe in You said you stuff. developed yourself. Not a physical blackboard, a digital <laughs> blackboard? It's a small app that we built in-house. We, we could not find one simple enough. All I want is the list of things that are pending to be done and what's the status of it at any given point of time, whether it's be a so, sales guy. So no fancy project management, no, 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 no agile software, no, nothing. development platform. Just nothing. I mean, you learn it hard way. We built, it, built an app for a physician. We learned it. If the physician has to go through three clicks to perform a task, he's throwing it away. And trust me, so many physicians have taken our app and thrown it out. Your app. Our app, our own MD log app, the assistant that we are building. It took us three years 
refine it to a point where they're sticking with it day in and day out. And it's no different. Physicians are more demanding, but on an average, an average man, he can be no less demanding because we are living a busy life. It has to be one click, you get what you've done, or that app is not worth it. So is, is, your, is your app now one click? We are working on it because as the complexity increases, yeah. Yeah. the clicks start increasing, and that's the challenge. So you got to keep removing the friction, removing the clicks, and doing all that. We're removing the clicks. It has to be one click. It should be done or forget it. All it's right. not worth it. Excellent. So uh, we're just coming off of summer. Uh, favorite book of the summer that you read or the book on your nightstand that you haven't read or that you want to read or that you just were recommended but haven't even had a chance to think about yet? I don't have any new books per se. But there was uh, right. there's one favorite book. book of all time. I wanted to read this book of uh, Alfred Sloan. Do you know the guy mm -hmm. who turned around yeah. General yeah. Motors? I have been wanting to read that book. I started so many times, but never completed it. It's fascinating. A guy who took because I believe I can't imagine someone taking such a huge organization and turning it around. I want to read that book. I've never come around to it, but. Someday I'm going to get All right, to well, it. you just said that on the episode now, so all, everyone heard you, and we're going to have you back to tell us about it. So, uh, uh, Hopefully I'll have read by that time. <laughs> well, um, real, I love what you're working on. I think we're, we're very early in the transformation of health, and I, see, I think it's solutions like MD Ops that continue to focus on removing the friction. And I think um, I love the idea of, and one of, we could go deeper and probably do a whole session on what you've done to iterate your product and to keep removing the friction and making it simpler even while it's becoming more complex yeah. to deal with it. So, Yeah, and we are actually going to be demonstrating at the health.2.0 in the session of uh, reimagining EMR. So they asked us to demonstrate it. So let's see how that goes, how we get the response Fantastic. there. Fantastic. So. Always a pleasure to sit down and talk to you. Good luck, and thanks for being on the show. We'll have you back. Thank you for All having right. us. Thank thanks you so much. much.